On this episode of In the Field with Gould's Water Technology, we sit down with Margaret Martins, Executive Director of the Water Well Trust, the nonprofit arm of the Water Systems Council, which provides clean water supply to American families living without water access. She takes us through her professional journey in the water industry and explains how she is working to solve the world's water issues one project at a time. Welcome to the show. My name's Griffin. I'm with my co-host, Amanda. Amanda. And today's guest, we're really excited to have uh, Margaret Martins from the Water Systems Council and the Waterwell Trust. Um, thanks for being here, Margaret. Well, thank you for having me. So I didn't want to get too much into your title and experience, but can you talk about what you do with both the Water Systems Council and Waterwell Trust? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I am the executive director at the Water Systems Council, and my title for the Waterwell Trust is program director. So I basically oversee both both organizations. Okay. So how, you know, for anybody who, I'm sure people listening to this podcast have at least heard of them both, but how do they work together? How are they different? Um, can you kind of shed a little light on that and their relationship? Certainly. Uh, the Water Systems Council was actually started back in 1932. And it was, uh, basically we are the trade association for the water well industry. We try to represent the industry. Our mission is to uh, promote and protect uh, water well systems. And so that is our focus. Um, And as part of that work, uh, our membership back in uh, a little bit before 2010, we were talking about how it was um, a, a, how we needed to be able to show that wells and well systems were a good solution for cost effective and sustainable water for folks, and especially in rural areas. At the same time, we were recognizing the fact that there were millions of Americans who don't have safe drinking water in their homes, and there were a lot of good organizations going to other countries and helping people who didn't have water, but nobody was really focusing on it here. So in 2010, the Water Systems Council members decided to form a new nonprofit, and that is where the Water Well Trust came from. The Water Well Trust is a separate 501c3. Um, we have a separate board, so they are two entirely different organizations, but certainly the Water Well Trust is very much supported by the Water Systems Council and its members. Wow, interesting. So I didn't realize that the Water Systems Council was around for so long. That's that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it started as uh, uh, pump manufacturers and some uh, utilities working together trying to get uh, promote getting electricity out to the farm and out to the rural areas. And then once of course, the electricity was there, then they could have those pumps that the manufacturers were uh, manufacturing, the electric pumps. And so that was its first inception, but certainly it has uh, transformed since then to include everybody involved in the water well industry. Sure. So how did it come to be that you just kind of, was it as a result of, working with these organizations that they slowly kind of realize that there was this um, domestic water issue or, you know, was it, is it kind of a chicken and the egg thing, I guess, but, you know, did, were these created as a result of that or did it kind of come to the realization throughout their existence that there is this issue um, domestically in the United States? I think that it became more, um, you know, as you hear, I wouldn't say that that was something that was focused on early on in the Water Systems Council, 
Uh, and But certainly in the last 20 years, it became apparent to folks that uh, there was this situation, you know, because there was a lot of uh, publicity around people going to other countries and giving wells to people who don't have water. So I think it just kind of naturally came from that. But again, at the same time, wanting to, you know, the water well industry was wanting to show that we are a really good cost-effective solution. So that's, you know, it was a matter of at the same time trying to make a point at the same time there was this need. So it kind of came together, I would say. And like I say, the nonprofit was formed in 2010 and we did our first project in 2012. Wow. Okay. So early in its, in its, uh, work still, which is cool. Um, yeah. And so you were mentioning just how big of an issue, um, bringing clean water to Americans is, can you expand on the scope of that a little bit? Like, what are we looking at in terms of like a national issue around this? Okay, what we look at is the American Community Needs Survey, which is a, a part of the census, okay? And so their latest figures say that there are approximately 1.4 million Americans who are living without uh, safe water in their homes. It's, it's under wow. a category called lacking complete plumbing, but um, that indicates that they don't have the proper water in their homes. So that's the, the latest numbers that I've seen. And is that primarily in rural areas, or could this even be in urban areas? It's primarily in rural areas, uh, places where we've had people who have had bought property with the thought that the rural water was going to be coming out to them, and it never happened. That happened quite a bit. Uh, we have people who um, um, have had wells and wells wells before that have you know were very old and failed and. I need help with a new well. Uh, that we also help folks who need repairs to their wells. These low-income Americans. So, but yes, it's we find they are mostly in rural areas, um, but it's throughout the United States. It's a little bit heavier in the South. Uh, about 35% of the of the households are in the South. So, but the rest of the country is also included. It's it's everywhere. And is there a specific reason why this is? seems to be more prevalent in the South? That I don't know. Um, I just was recently looking at the numbers and, you know, they do, do have these numbers divided by region. And so mm-hmm. I just was comparing and just found that it was just a little more prevalent in the South. I don't know if the poverty numbers would align with that, but, you know, I think that's a very big possibility because you've got a lot of rural poverty. Okay, so it sounds like that the the bulk of the the projects that you're working on um, domestically here either involve well repair or building wells. Um, I know that recently you've worked with Gould's Water Technology on some projects. I believe they were well building projects, but they were different in scope. Um, yeah. So yeah. wondering if you can um, give us some, you know, give us an overview of what those projects entailed and um, how you're working with Gould's water technology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now we've done two great projects with, uh, with Watermark. Uh, the first one was last uh, July. Uh, there was a, um, there was a uh, low income subdivision in Candler, North Carolina, which is just outside of Asheville. The homes basically went straight up a mountain. So, hmm. 
they were a, there was a 24 households uh, sharing four wells and they had not been able to afford to keep the wells in the condition that she's been in. So um, I was contacted by the homeowners association president uh, and she presented this situation to me. So we partnered with Watermark and went in, uh, used a local contractor who's part of the North Carolina Groundwater Association. And uh, we were able to rehabilitate three of those four wells. One well was not able to be rehabilitated. We put in extra uh, two 10,000 gallon holding tanks for extra storage to compensate for that. Uh, re, you know, had to repipe a few of the homes but got everything up and running for them where they all had fresh, clean water again. And what we do with these projects is we like to look at the numbers because again, we want to show that wells are an answer. So we uh, calculated that it costs approximately $47,000 to rehabilitate these three wells. Then we looked at the, uh, we did a, search on what it would have cost to put in a public water supply line to these same homes. Those numbers reflected that it would have been $3.2 million. Wow. So that is the kind of numbers that we then turn into a case study. And as water systems council members, we lobby every year for the industry in in D.C. in March or April. And we take those very case studies to the Hill to show our lawmakers that wells are a great solution for drinking water. So not only was it a wonderful thing that we were able to supply this water to all these folks in North Carolina, but it also was a fantastic case study for our industry. Um, Then we just last, uh, well, it was just a few weeks ago, we were in Belvedere, Texas, which is just near San Antonio. We had been uh, contacted by a family uh, who had, the family four, they have a uh, daughter who's 27 and is, has cerebral palsy. She's in a wheelchair. So there's a lot of caretaking that has to be done in that family. They ha- have never been able to afford a well. They have been there. Her mother, her parents live next door and have been actually, you know, getting water from their well for their home. However, the parents are elderly and selling their homes so that that water was no longer even available to them. So we, again, partnered with um, Watermark. Um, also, uh, was a, uh, able to work with us. And then there was a couple of other uh, folks that it was, uh, I believe, Simmons Manufacturing and Southwire um, also donated some product. And so we went down and spent a few days uh, drilling for them. And it was just, it's a fantastic experience because uh, these people were so lovely and so thankful um, that uh, it just, again, makes for a fantastic case study. They are going to also be our guest at our uh, Water Well Trust fundraiser this fall because it's going to be in Austin, Texas. It's right down the road from them. So we have asked them to come and speak. Um, because it was just such a fantastic experience for everyone. The Watermark folks also built them a chicken coop. Uh, We had asked what else we could possibly do for them, and they said we would love a chicken coop. They have chickens, but they were basically free range at the helm, and finding the eggs proved to be a difficult task. So they now have a lovely new chicken coop as well. Yeah, that's actually a great video. Um, I would encourage listeners to visit the Gould's Water Technology YouTube channel to um, find that video. It's a it's a very impactful story. 
Margaret, you must get a lot of these requests throughout a given year. How do you, how do you go about choosing them? What we do, there's a couple of ways that we do our projects. First of all, we do some larger projects, um, but with funding that we get from the USDA Household Water Well Systems Grant Program. So we'll do, under that program, you have to name a state that you're going to work in and also specific counties within that state. So a lot of times we'll, we also have a wait list. So I will look at my wait list to see if I have a certain concentration of people in a certain state to determine what state we want to apply for with for that USDA grant. So we've done that for the last five years, getting a new grant every year. Um, those big projects have been in North Carolina, Arkansas, South Carolina, New Mexico, New York, and Georgia. Uh, we have an application in now to go into Alabama. So, so that is one type of project that we do. And as part of that, uh, we not only get funds from USDA, but Water Systems Council members raise matching funds at that fall meeting I mentioned uh, because we are required to put up a match. Um, as I said, we also have a wait list. So uh, we will uh, have people that we are unable to help and uh, we are not able to get them help anywhere else. There are a few RCAP regions. That's Rural Community Assistance Partnership. They do get some of this funding as well. So sometimes we can refer them to another agency. A lot of times we're not able to do that. So if we cannot refer them to someplace, we'll put them on our wait list. And then I seek funding for um, through grants and uh, for uh, work on our wait list so we can help those people as well. And for, you know, programs like Watermark. Right. So this kind of goes hand in hand, but, you know, you're when you're seeking grants and you've visited D.C. a few times, you said, or you go every year, you said. So what's, you know, what's the response that you get when you go and you present your case studies? It, we get a huge response. In fact, um, we were able to actually have a Water Well Trust client testify in front of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee when they were uh, looking at funding for water infrastructure. Um, it's on our website um, under uh, the Savings Act tab. It's part of our um, legislation work that we do. We do a lot of federal advocacy, the Water Systems Council. So that was, uh, you know, just seeing, seeing that was extremely exciting. And he also played our Water Well Trust video for the whole group, and that's on our website as well. And as a result of that, uh, Senator, one of the people that was in the uh, Senate Environment and Public Works hearing was uh, Senator Booker. And after he heard that, we got him to sign on to uh, co-sponsor a funding bill that we were pushing in 2018 to get more money for water infrastructure. So it really can go hand in hand. And like I say, we also create an infographic with the Watermark uh, North Carolina project. And we were handing that out in all the congressional offices when we were on the Hill this April. So, and people just can't believe it. They, they look at those numbers and they are blown away. So as I say, it was a, it was a fantastic project for us and a great, great thing for the industry to show. Right. I think going back to a previous thing we were talking about, but I think probably a lot of people in the country just don't realize the scope of the issue. You know, they just don't re realize how many people it affects. Oh, no, 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 they do not. No, I, I, um, I had the privilege of speaking. Uh, and one of the people that contributes to the Water World Trust, another group is uh, Culligan. And 
they have a nonprofit, Culligan Cares. So I was speaking at their meeting. I was speaking to about 700 people from all over the country last year. And I can't tell you how many people afterwards just came up to me totally blown away that this, this problem even exists. I, I get that everywhere we go. People are really astounded by it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, our members are certainly well aware of it, but um, there's a lot of folks out there that don't know about it. Right. And, you know, that just goes to awareness. And I'm sure that's a constant battle for you is just getting the word out. Absolutely. Want to hear more about how we solve water? Check out the Bell and Gossip podcast in the Solving Water feed. Host Kyle Del Piano of Xylem talks with industry thought leaders about today's issues in commercial building systems, including DOE regulations, HVAC efficiency, hydronic systems, plumbing, education, and more. Stream episodes of the Bell and Gossip podcast wherever you listen to Solving Water. You know, seeing how Xylem Watermark and Gould's Water Technology has been working pretty closely on some of these um, well-building projects um, recently. But, you know, I think that Gould's Water Technology is involved with the Water System Council as well. And so I'm just curious on um, the partnership you have with Gould's Water Technology and the um, and Xylem Watermark and how, you know, how that's kind of evolved over the past few years. Right. Well, we have had, we have, um, we have, first of all, on our Water Systems Council board, our current treasurer is David Brutz from uh, Xylem. And David has been a huge uh, contributor for our board. And we've always had, you have all sorts of people there that, that contribute quite a bit. We've got um, Tom Steffen and Chris Preston are both leading, um, they lead our technical committee that does a lot of work on standards and, and our handbook, which is basically the Bible for the uh, contractor, um, our water systems handbook. So um, we've got uh, Susan O'Grady, who is chairman of our marketing committee. So we have a, a lot of involvement from Xylem. And we, we, always, um, we also have a private well hotline. Uh, that's been in existence since 2003. And I know that if we have uh, a question that we are having a difficulty with, our supervisor will always reach out to the, you guys to an answer for a question if we need it. Um, so there's a lot of input both at the board level and also at the technical level and, and within our committee. So you, your involvement is widespread. David Retz also sits on the Waterwell Trust Board. So so it goes across both organizations. Well, I mean, that's that's great to know that, you know, they're a part of, of making an impact in this, this critical area. And so what are you seeing potentially as opportunities for future projects with Gold's Water Technology? I mean, obviously these well builds are, you know, are things I think that will continue to be on, you know, on the radar as projects for, watermark, um, but uh, what other opportunities are you seeing? You know, first of all, with the, um, with the Water World Trust and the watermark, I do anticipate that we will continue to do projects. Um, I think it's going to be hopefully at least a yearly thing that we uh, do that. Um, and then as far as the work that we do at Water Systems Council, there is always more advocacy to be done more education 
Um, and there is always, you know, we're always trying to look at new things that need to be, you know, education-wise, what do we need to develop for public? Uh, we're always, we also receive funding from EPA, and a lot of times it's about educational materials. So again, those are materials that we develop with the help of our technical committee. So they're just always going to be ongoing work that we try to do. I mean, I think that it, it's great to know that there, you're going to continue to work with Goldwater Technology and Watermark on some of these um, projects, whether they're annually or more frequent. And it sounds like our committee, mem- you know, the, the folks that we have involved in the various committees are helping support educational materials. Um, I know that Xylem goes to DC every year too to help with the lobbying situation. So I'm, you know, it's it's encouraging to know that this is a you know an ongoing thing. And um, so I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Their involvement, especially when at the federal advocacy, then they're able to take that back and share that with other people there at Xylem. And and I think it's real important that uh, people at Xylem understand the work that's being done on their behalf. And there's a lot of time commitments involved. This is volunteer time. This is above and beyond what they, um, you know, what they do every day for Xylem. So um, it's a, a greater commitment to the industry as a whole. And so I think that it's wonderful that that commitment continues. I mean, that's a really good point. I think internally, you know, Xylem does a good job of talking about some of these real high profile, whether it's natural disaster response or um, other areas like the, the Thai cave rescue. I mean, we, we get a lot of information about that from from the business internally, but it's it, it's really good that we can share this with other employees and understand the, the level of, of work and that's going into um, helping these causes just right at home here. Right. And, and it's, it's very important, you know, as always, to be involved because uh, our industry is, uh, does need its voice heard. And we can't get heard if we don't have people out there championing our, our message. And so it is very important that uh, we have your involvement so that we can spread the word about our industry and about the needs of people here in America who need access to safe water. I'm interested too about the different audiences you try to reach. So at like the homeowner level, how do you, you know, is there a, is that a big focus for you? Like getting in front of people who could actually have this, have a need that you can help with, you know? Well, the water systems council, as I say, we do get funding from EPA to, uh, for, uh, private well owner education. And so we do try to um, uh, get that uh, information out to folks. We've got, uh, for instance, we have our our well owners network. It's uh, over 12,000 well owners. Uh, We write a a quarterly newsletter on wells and and what to be thinking of for each season, how you should be taking care of your wells, what you should be thinking about. Um, So we push that out to all those people, we have a broader network where uh, we create publications such as we just recently did a well owner's manual that tells a new well owner all about what they should be thinking about with their well. We have distributed over 60,000 of the copies of that to the public. Um, so we are constantly creating new publications. If there's an emerging issue, we, we like to create, we have over 100 information sheets on different things on our website. 
So we try to create, uh, you know, if, if something is new and seems to be, um, we seem to be getting a lot of calls about it on our hotline. We do try to make sure that we have uh, good information about those issues on our website. Um, we share our website with uh, the state uh, associations that are members and, and non-members, and they, uh, you know, provide links to all our information. So we also we do a lot of um, private well owner education. So I say our hotline has been in existence since 2003. Uh, we received over 50,000 calls. So, and when a, someone with a private well is trying to reach the EPA Safe Drinking Water Hotline, they are told to call um, our hotline. So, um, we do uh, a lot of that type of work. Wow. So, kind of getting to the end of our conversation here, um, we really have discussed a lot of what this question might entail, but, you know, what do you ultimately want to accomplish in your roles? Um, you know, kind of outside of what we've discussed. Our vision um, is well water recognized by all as safe and naturally better. And that pretty much says it. We, we want people to understand that wells and well systems are cost affordable, uh, affordable cost savings way of delivering drinking water. And uh, so that is, bottom line that's 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 our vision so we continue to push that message out uh we deal with uh you know any we deal with getting information out to the public about wells and well systems and we want to continue to promote it at a federal level at a state level and all the way down to the private well we also want to get safe drinking water to all Americans. Right, get that 1.4 million Americans number right. without access down right. to to zero ultimately. And we're pushing. We're, we're getting. We're getting a lot more federal funding for water infrastructure. We are building a learning module on how to get funding for individuals and uh, small systems for the EPA Water Finance Clearinghouse. And so we're really working every day to uh, get the information out to the public and get the funding behind it. Uh, is there anything else that you want to shout out or plug or promote before we Well, I, I will tell you one thing. The reason that we're doing this clearinghouse that I haven't even really mentioned was the co Water Supply yeah. Cost Savings Act that we got passed uh, back in, at the end of 2016. And Xylem is certainly a part of getting that done. And it was the big thing is this was the first time it was that wells and well systems have been recognized by the federal government as being a good solution for drinking water. Um, wow. And it basically has says that when small communities are looking at water infrastructure and they want funding from the federal government, they have to consider wells and well systems. And never before has our government done something like that as far as our wells go. So it's a huge, huge step for us. And now we're in the implementation stage with putting together this um, clearinghouse that folks will be able to access. Wow. Well, thank you, Margaret, for joining us today. This has been a really great conversation. We appreciate your time. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. We'll have to have you back on to check with progress or if there are any other projects that come along the way with Gould's Water Technology. We'd love to have you back to discuss those as well. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I hope there'll always be progress and I hope there'll always be projects. Us too. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Margaret.